1: You're listening to a Countout Podcast.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Stardom Road as we continue down the anniversary road here on the show, this time talking our favorite matches. But before I get going with my co-host, let me introduce my co-host as always, Trent. Trent, how are we on this fine evening
0: or afternoon for you? I'm doing quite well, because I've just watched four fantastic matches uh, for this particular podcast. I like this whole concept that we're doing of, oh, we need to do some research for these shows, so we're going to have to watch some of the best matches Stardom have put out, and with some of the best wrestlers I've had in their company. It's such a difficult job, this. Yeah, only matches we prefer,
2: obviously. Yes. That's that's the beauty of this, is we... Excuse me. We went through the whole, you know, field of anniversary matches. We said, "Yeah, these are the ones that we're mm. watching." Now, I could have forced, you know, Mayu versus Momo upon Trent, but I didn't do that because <laughs> there were just so many matches we weren't going to watch the whole field either. There's, no. there are some that we didn't talk about that are great,
0: but yeah, this these isn't four going to be the. Up best matches in the anniversary show's history. These are just four matches that we picked that we think exemplify what the anniversary show is. And we tried to keyword, tried to spread it out a bit so it wasn't all just one wrestler. Um, One has managed to sneak into three different matches, but it's not (laughs) our fault. It's their fault for being so good. Yeah, and, and that's the funny thing. It's like
2: one of these matches for me personally is one of the greatest star matches of all time. It's also the greatest of its match type that i've ever seen and we'll get to that later on which i'm so excited to talk about because that is a little so fun fun story which i'll get to later but that is that is one of the matches i reference to people all the time who want to get into starman's like watch this because this gives you a little bit of everything um thank you natsu for being in that match uh you know without her the the you know the drink doesn't stir perfectly in terms of getting a little she bit knows ready. how to stir drinks yes exactly that was that was my crappy joke that I i'm happy you uh pointed out but we're gonna get into it um but before we start, the person we, of course, were talking about that appears in three of the four matches mm. is not other than you, Ashina, of course, better known to stardom fans as Kagetsu. And we are going to, and we're, we're saying this now, we are going to be referencing to him as Kagetsu because mm. that is the wrestler. That is the persona that was the wrestler, um, you know, I think Trent made a great point. It's kind of like how that was the role, that was the movie role, right? It's yeah. it's it goes the same, and we respect Yoshino and we love Yoshino for getting to be himself nowadays. Mm. And we we're gonna do so many more episodes talking about Kagetsu, but oh, yeah. we wanted to just uh you know put that out there now so that you know we, we wanna respect him in, always, and we want to of course respect what He did in Mm. the previous life, of course, ask against
0: Yeah, look, for us, this is the equivalent of, if we're talking about Elliot Page and we go back through his uh, movie filmography, if we're talking about the movie Juno, Juno's the character that, Elliot Page plays. Just like in this case, pro wrestling is always a little bit of a muddier situation because the wrestler can be so close to the, the performer that they're yeah. playing. Yeah. Uh, but in this situation, we've both kind of agreed we want to reference Yuishino as Kagetsu because Kagetsu was the, the character that you plays in this situation. Yes. Um, yes. We fully acknowledge, respect, and love the fact that he is Yuishino. Um, but for the sake of these situations, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about Kagetsu the wrestler. Yeah, we're talking about the you know if if you want to talk about
2: pillars or Mount Rushmore's in the history of stardom Kigetsu is right there if not on it I know for you yes Kagetsu is on that list so yes uh, uh
0: Ryan and I did an ep, uh, not an episode an article where we debated the Mount yeah. Rushmore of stardom I had Kagetsu on that list and I I would fight quite fervently to keep Kagetsu on that list if yeah I mean it was a we debate. did a
2: all-time stardom draft and Kagetsu was top three. Right? Yes. It was yes. It was Mayu, Eo, and Kagetsu, which I mean, and and I know people that call kagetsu the greatest of all time because that and it's not it the the favorite, like kagetsu is his favorite wrestler of all time as well. Mm-hmm. So that you know mm-hmm. plays to it. But you watch these matches back and you get the you understand the brilliance that is kagetsu as a wrestler. And I'm very excited to talk about it because we haven't got we haven't got to talk about Kagetsu yet which is no you
0: know, no cuz we've covered mostly the very early stuff yeah. and then when we have covered the period that Kagetsu's wrestling we in it's more just covering like briefly oh this was a match or two around this time um look yeah. obviously we've mentioned we are going to be covering Kagetsu multiple episodes dedicated <laughs> just to the work yeah. there Going to pop up a lot in here. If you can't wait for those Kagetsu centric episodes, though, but you do want to learn more about Kagetsu, my recommendation, Super Patch Wolf did a fantastic video on great heels in wrestling and covered Kagetsu for about, I think it's like five, six-minute block in that period. It's a great way just to kind of get a, a brief snapshot of what Kagetsu brought to the company and how good Yuishino uh, was as a performer.
2: Yeah, admittedly, we don't know when... We'll be uh, hitting the kigetsu centric yeah. episodes uh, or the Owatoi-centric episodes because we got a lot planned heading into at least till the end of May, which is very exciting. You know, I couldn't very say rare that, for us. I couldn't say that a month ago when I was trying to tell you all what we were going to be talking <laughs> about for that episode. But we're we're prepped and ready to go, and I think this episode, along with the next three, I'm really jazzed about. So with all, well, that, I can't imagine
0: why you're jazzed for the next three episodes.
2: The next three episodes are, you know, the reason this
0: podcast exists. Really. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you know about yeah. that at the end of this episode. Yeah, you, have to, be honest you have to listen to this episode.
2: Half the reason I wanted start, uh, Stardom Road to exist was that I could just go back and watch this wrestlers matches again and again and again, which is yeah. something I already do anyway. So it's not, it's not, you know,
0: crazy. Now um, you've got a reason to go back and watch uh, Shiki Shibisawa matches. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. But instead of pandering on, we'll
2: get to it here. Uh, We're going to start at the 5th anniversary January 17th, 2016. You may have heard of these two. Io Shirai versus Kairi Hojo. Obviously a big match. World of Stardom Championship on the line. For those wondering, it's one of the highest rated starter matches of all time here on the Handy Dandy Cage Match. Um, <laughs> But it's a major match because one, this is like I think this is the one Io Shirai Kyrie match you can't see on Star Wars, One major, one, yes, I should say, um, which is obviously a big deal, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because not only did I say it's one of the highest rated matches in Stardom's history, but it's it's two thirds of freedom, folks. Like this is this is this is the this is the pinnacle. Not well. Mm, step below the pinnacle because Mayu's not involved but you get my
0: point um (laughs) it's the stardom rule that if you've got two out of the three members of the freedom in a match at least one has to be missing from stardom world yeah because my eo shirai one of their matches is on there yeah it's uh it's just the way it is unfortunately yeah those eo and Mayu
2: ones kind of like really need to be on there because i think that's the matches everyone goes to when they're trying Mm. to get into stardom like more than any
0: um, to me they're, I, they're the matches i recommend it's a bit difficult now because like eo hasn't been in stardom for five six yeah. years now um but yeah it's kind of if people want to know why i got into stardom it's like eo versus maio wittani just watch that trilogy yeah yeah eo is the reason i got into it um
2: mm. you know thanks for her coming to wwe though i wish you know technically I, it's that's the funny thing i wish she never did but Maybe I'm not here if she didn't, so I'm grateful for that. She's one of my favorites. I'm more than
0: here to do a couple of Rush episodes on E.O. Shirai if she was to come back this year.
2: Yeah, she come, if she comes back, we're going to just, like, we'll immediately be like, all right, let's just hit, like, five episodes in a row. <laughs> bang, 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 bang for all of you. And it'll become a weekly episode all of a sudden, a weekly show all of a sudden because of mm. that. But let's get to the match here, of course. Um, this was in Cork and Hall, as you'd... Yeah, you, know, you know, as you expect, um, we, we talked about all these shows, um, over the past last episode. Yeah, uh, and this guy. this was the, you know, ultimate aspect of what these anniversary shows were, and this match mm-hmm. I think really showcased that more than any other. Uh, what, you know, this is actually my first time seeing because again I said I have never seen it because it wasn't on Star World, so. I was very excited, obviously, because I've seen mm. them wrestle. I'm not, you know, I've seen them wrestle their other matches.
0: You're aware but, of their abilities.
2: Yeah, I'm aware of what they can do, and I've always, I, I'll admit, I've always preferred. This is shocking everyone I know, Mayu and Eo, but what? but this I think was my favorite of these two going head to head. Um, the the interesting thing, and I, I don't know about you, but the interesting thing with this match is, I felt like. I saw EO's formula in this match more than I usually notice because people yeah. talk about her formula all the time. I'm like, eh, I don't know, I don't really notice it. All. This one, I was like, oh man, this is like down to a T of the Io Shirai formula, which is not a bad thing. The Io no. Shirai formula is a great formula. That's why she's one of the greats of all time. Hmm. But this was like, all right, we're doing, we're doing, we're we're checking all the marks here, and it, it turned out to be an absolutely fantastic
0: match. I think a big part of this is this match feels like it's right around the time. This is Eo's first defense in her second red belt reign. Uh, just the month prior, she defeated Miko Satomura to win the championship, the title that Kyrie had lost to Miko Satomura. So it's kind of it's a roundabout way of why this match was happening, and this is right where EO's about to launch into her record breaking reign. You know, when people talk about Eo Shirai and what made her so good, it's this period. And so I think she's just starting to find what works for her, what has morphed her from being a high potential young athletic freak that she was in her first reign in her first few years wrestling to become one of the greatest of all time and probably the the best women's wrestler in the world at this point in time. This match is kind of, yeah, as you said, it shows the formula, but it's where she's really starts to craft this and not only the formula of what kind of match she puts on but also the character because around this time she does start to get a bit of an ego, you know, she starts to buy into the hype of her being a, a greatest of all time, the genius of the sky. And you see this at certain points in the match, that sort of cockiness, this arrogance that comes through. And then Kairi is fighting against that. So in many ways, this is the prototype, not necessarily the prototype, but the prototype match of the Io Shirai that everyone remembers in stardom.
2: Yeah, that, that ego, I think, is what, you know, sadly made her perfect to be one of the few that, would be successful in wwe if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because her character work with that ego is at times almost second to none as terms of like that heelish um character and i think that's a lot of the reason for example in real life why julia has become a favorite of so many it's because she has that same ego and that same cockiness and they're very different wrestlers but that aspect is so similar and it's worked for both of them uh and with this match it starts off like it just sh- you know it's shot out of a cannon they're mm. slapping the taste out of each other's mouths and you're just you just sit there and like this is how I felt it's like this is what you want to see out of them when they're wrestling right yeah. you want to see that physicality it's kind of like my mentality now. When I watch Stardom, is that I always say how stars, you know, they wrestle each other. It's different from Mm. when they wrestle other people. When three of them wrestle each other, it's different from when they wrestle the other people. The only, the only person that you know can I think ever reach this amount of physicality and this chemistry with them, and you know, with Mayu, it's different because she's just been here the whole time. Yeah, but it probably Kiketsu. Mm. Like honestly, I think that's the. Which is funny for this episode, because we're going to be about Kiketsu a lot, but that's the only other person I think that's willing to go in there and just match them in that level of
0: physicality and authenticity,
2: even. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of makes sense, because you look at the roster around this time, obviously the three of them are established, they were set up. Yeah. But then your sort of next generation, your Starlight Kids, Azumi, Momo Watanabe, Jungle Kyona, they're all still coming up. Yeah, They've only just sort of joined the company. They're still finding their way. It would take a lot of gall to be able to try and step up and match their physicality slash they're just not in the position to. Gigetsu, she's uh, there. Uh, he's a veteran, has sort of shown what they're capable of and is not afraid to because obviously when the you Oshirai know, and Kairi had left, Getsu took over as head trainer. That's the level that uh, they are at. So you've got that trust. You've got that experience because anyone can hit someone hard. It right. takes talent and experience to hit someone hard without injuring and damaging someone. So, someone like the Threedom, they can trust they have that experience with each other. Kagetsu as well. Um, but if you want that kind of physicality in this point in time, you're looking at those four. Whereas this uh, in 2023, you've got a lot more wrestlers feeling comfortable at just walloping each other, whether it's into faction or otherwise. Yeah, and I think I think the.
2: Fun of this match, right? When I talked about the Io Shirai formula for her big epic matches, one they went long. That is one thing she did. She went, you know, she went to the buzzer uh, more (laughs) times than not. With that, well, as close to the buzzer as possible, I should say. Um, But one of my favorite things that she does in her matches is doing the travel or
0: traveling around Cork,
2: and specifically. And that was you want to talk
0: about uh things that happen in every big uh oh, yeah. and show, especially with Eo Shirai. You got to go up to that sort of second level of the yeah. uh seats, yes. And I bring this one up because this one didn't
2: go as it usually does. So, usually, of course, Eo Shirai is doing her beautiful moonstalt off one of the uh you know balcony doorway things. Mm. Um and you know crashing onto a group of people, but this time as she was ready to do it, Kyrie was nowhere to be found. And you know Kyrie fights her down, gets her down there, and she hits her uh, diving elbow, taking everyone out. Of course, mostly yeah. just EO. That wasn't as uh, wasn't it's as easy to get that move yeah. on one person exactly. Um, but I thought that was great because it is the change-up that you kind of want because you get mm. so used to seeing the EO. Moonsault from there, yeah. that it's like, okay, let me see if
0: someone was smart enough. And of course, it was Kyrie to do so. Um, it was interesting seeing that spot too, just because I've been recently re watching the Miko Satamura Championship run yeah. with Stardom at the end of 20, uh, sixteen. 2015. 15, um, 15. Yeah, yeah. And like, because again, they go up the top there. And one thing I really liked was like in both of those uh sort of settings, Kyrie's jumped off that sort of but she's also done the 100 yard sprint into the spear. And it was kind of cool seeing how they each took that move differently because it is kind of like a super variation of her move. And Miko Sadamore would always try and like just endure the shot. Um, and so just the way they take it and sell it is quite interesting. A point of comparison. And it's just, it's, it's a really cool spotlight. I will admit, like when you re watch a lot of the title matches from around this area in short succession, Going up to that period does you kind of roll your eyes and go, "Ah, oh, here we go again." Because they don't really try and hide what they're doing. There's no punching yeah. up the stairs. It's just like I'm going to grab you by the scruff of the neck, and now we'll take a walk. Um, yeah, but it is fun seeing how they mix things up there. You know, eventually you could get to Maya, who did the fun spots where they try and hang each other off the the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> a nice <laughs> switching of pace.
2: Yeah, I I think, in like you said, when you watch a lot of these old matches, you do. Tend to notice that And I think that's why I like the matches that we Picked because they do break away From that in some ways now The other singles match we will discuss Does go outside but it's In a more violent Way than rather the Io Shirai
0: Mm -hmm. It's Um, not in Currican Hall, They I can't go up to the second level. Right, right, well that too, but I kind
2: of meant the the main event, Mm. like, let's travel around the ring and, you know, get the fans invested a little extra. Scarring Um, in the case of the match. Yeah, right, and I think that's, you know, part of the game too, but uh, this match was, you know, you were talking about how they you know they fought back and forth and Kyrie goes for the long spear she eats a pole the eats the post mm. on the outside which you know is just brutal uh this was a struggle from start to finish it was a yeah. it's why this minute this match went 29 minutes and 31 seconds it was anyone's game mm. until the very end and uh one of my favorite moments from the match was when EO hit the four uh locomotives uh locomotive suplexes yeah and i just sat there i was like I wonder why so many people like Suzuki. I was just sitting there. I was like, there is a lot of similarities here as well. It's not just like mm. they wear the same colors and stuff, but it's like they have some of the same moves, especially those suplexes. They have the same oomph on them uh, that I think. And I'll, we'll get to that next match and how I will crack a joke about. Oh, you know what? I kind of understand why I could get to retired. Uh, <laughs> uh, but this 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 match was just it was just tremendous, and then Io Shirai hitting an insane elbow,
0: mm. right? And she was loving one. that around
2: that period. Yeah, a great one, by the way, for those who're wondering if someone could try to match Kyrie, not to the exact no. Kyrie level. It's a Kyrie brilliant Kyrie gets, effort. Kyrie gets a little more whip when she does hers.
0: Um Just in, like, I think her she body. cares less about her body. Just that, that yeah. landing, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Io, Io, you can tell, still trying to land well enough to not. Yeah destroy herself
2: yeah which fair Uh, play like
0: but it's uh, great to see why wouldn't you you?
2: one of the things i always will love is like when they trade moves back and Mm. forth especially when you're it's as close as these two are that it it works better because if you see like you know Julia and Mike could do it's great, or Julian Shuri, of course. You know, that's great. But if you see it's someone and you know someone else random, it's it's mm. different. It's yeah. different. Um, but this was a, a great touch, I thought. Um, and then you know, Kyrie hits her own insane elbow, great near fall, of course. Mm. Um, I got I sat there, I was like, hmm, that's uh that kick out's kind of what I was hoping for. Mayu at historic crossover, right? Mean, <laughs> which I think we got one.
0: If yeah we mistake. did we got one
2: but i didn't get two uh which you know i i didn't expect to get two but i would have liked it i would have liked it um and then the match ended with the bridge suplex uh which obviously she had bridge hitting a picture perfect moonsault mm. for the win um one of her best moonsaults i want i actually want to just say like this was one of her cleanest moonsaults because you know when Eno does her moonsault, she just goes like. There's yeah. no like. Oh, let me let me let me double check back there. Make sure I'm if you're not in position it.
0: and you eat it poorly, it's your own fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Like she just you know she bounces up there and she's hitting. She's going mm. and mm. it's gonna it's gonna come fast and it's gonna come impactful. But this was one of the more perfect looking
0: ones, and I thought it was a great end to
2: a great match. What I think is probably the best I've seen from these two.
0: Yeah, it, Look, it's quintessential Io Shirai, it's quintessential Kairi Hojo. So if you're coming into Stardom, you're relatively new, and you know, maybe you know these two from their WWE tenures and you want to see what they were like when the hype was building for them, this is a perfect kind of dip your toe into the water and see what it's all about because you get two for the price of one. The only downside, of course, is you can't dip your toe in on Stardom World. You have to dip your toe into the the seven seas. R. But it's the nature of the situation. <laughs> Obviously, there are other matches there as well, but it is nice to sort of get them both in just as they're kind of hitting what I would say the peak period for the them in stardom, especially Eo Shirai, because as, as I said, this is right at the beginning of a historic reign. So if nothing else, it's worth watching to get some context for where it all began. You know, it's funny though, mm-hmm. which
2: I never, I did not expect to come out of these four matches saying this. This was my least favorite of the four. It's funny you said that. I actually
0: agree.
2: Okay, all right. So yeah, I'm not yeah. crazy. I'm not crazy. Maybe it's the I'm just so used to the EO formula. So mm. it's like, all right, there's not, there's there's not creativity in that. It ruins the match, right? Because it's these two, but it's like the other four, the other three. I mean, are just so much better in their own way that, and, you know, we'll get to it. But again, a tremendous match. If you can get yourself a link, yeah, check it out. Uh, that's part of the tough, tough, difficult game here. You know, as we as we journey through Stardom's history, it's always fun to play the link <laughs> game. Uh, we which... always have
0: to specify if this is a Stardom World link or a um, yeah. less,
2: less uh, white market link. The, the good news for everybody is that the rest are Stardom yes. World. So let's move forward here. Uh, January 21st, 2018 stardom's seventh anniversary of course at Cork and Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite matches of all time, folks. Like yeah. not just in stardom. Not like this is one of stardom's greatest matches of all time. This is one of my favorite matches of all time. Like if you were to ask me what is a what would a five-star gauntlet match look like, it's this to a T. Mm. Um it is Queen's Quest versus Oito tie where the loser, who el- who ultimately was pinned last, would be ha- forced to leave the group. That was kagetsu's idea, of course. Of course, that would be between Momo Watanabe and Tam Nakano. Um, I mean, it. There is something about the energy to this match that I think you and, and to play to and credit Yoshirai, I think you know some people may have thought I was ragging on our formula or something with 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 this match. <laughs> She can't play to the formula because of how it's designed mm. and it benefits the match to a whole nother degree because one, everyone's randomized. So each, each order of how they come in is randomized, which of quite course, quite randomized. Yeah. I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but you know, for the public, <laughs> it is random. <laughs> so when she steps into the ring, you hear the crowd roar a little bit. And it's just like, oh, here we go. Right. Yeah. And I, that, that's a credit to who she is, of course, in her or around her. Um, the way this match starts is beautiful. The way ma- match ends is perfect. Uh, but before we get into it, what are you? What were your memories of the match? How do you feel about this match? Because I was very open about this. and I've been very open about this. The first time I ever shot I was like, this is one of the, this is the best Conlon match in history.
0: Yeah, so this is like probably a few months into me being a full-time Stardom fan. You know, I I got in through to Threedom, and when I first subscribed to Stardom World, I would always watch their big matches, um, but I wouldn't necessarily watch the whole show. But sort of as uh, the golden era of Iwato Tie began, which is kind of the crew that you see in this match here, that's when I kind of started to go, hang on, I need to watch everything Stardom are doing and properly invest. And so I was fully invested as this uh, sort of show was happening, as the story was unfolding, um, which I, I know the first time I was watching it, like, I was just totally enraptured with it. I knew the result because it's stardom. You know, these matches go up after it's happened and you kind of have to, especially back then, you had to wait a little bit longer. Um, But I I had to find out what happened. I had to know if Tam or Momo got kicked out of their group. Um, So I have very fond memories of this. Like you, this is a match that I have recommended to people wanting to get into stardom or into stardom and want to go deeper into it. What I love about this is... When you recommend someone a match, you're kind of trying to tailor it to someone's interest and in picking wrestlers you think they will like. This is kind of like recommending a show to someone yeah. because yeah. you get so many different combinations, so many different wrestlers involved, and it tells a story throughout the entire yeah. The stardom world uh stream of this is about an hour long. And it's telling a story throughout the entire period. It has ups and downs, different wrestlers doing different things. You get high speed, you get brutal, mm-hmm. you get comedy, you get emotion. Like it is a complete package of what pro wrestling can be in one match. And it kind of astounds me that we haven't had this kind of match replicated in future stardom sort of stories because they are so faction reliant and they have liked to do these loser leaves the faction kind of uh, story arcs before yeah. i'm shocked they haven't used this formula and just stuck to the elimination tag because mm-hmm. they're great but i feel like there's so much more storytelling you can tell in this formula one person from each team in the ring one gets yeah. eliminated another person comes in there's a lot of drama you get heroes a bit more convincing like gagetsu carries their uh the team oh my god you know, if it wasn't for what kigetsu did against eo and then viper takes out their two uh queen's quest two strongest members by by themselves you know yeah. without that it's no shot you yeah. get that kind of heroic story arc you get yeah, you know, a whole bunch of different things it is just a quintessential what wrestling can be as a story and as drama yeah it i like
2: how you said it, it's like a whole show uh it, I, I I usually go to three, maybe four matches now, especially after the past couple of years, I've mm. added another or, or two to like, I think now I'd probably give Shuri and Julia um, from as another match <laughs> to yeah. recommend, but I think like my top four is any EMI match, like mm, tr- mm-hmm. truthfully like any, um, sometimes I, not, I usually just do the double title one because one, it's on Star World, two, it's meaningful for a number of reasons Uh, so I usually lean on that one this one always always because you get you get a taste of what stardom is in every single way like Mm. I said earlier Um, and you get to see the best of the best throughout the match the only only person this match doesn't have truthfully is Mayu Yutani like that's Mm. in terms of like the where stardom was at that time that's all it's really missing um but it's okay because, again, you get yes. to see you get to see the future, the present, um, now the past. Obviously, for those who you know watch the CEO and Kagetsu, of course. Um, That's
0: the one dis- difficult thing about this in recommending to people in 2023, because like you, you'd be like, oh, you know, if you want to get an idea of what star to start here's this match. And unfortunately, it's like, oh, you know, can I see more air matches at the moment? No, she's in WWE. Yeah, can I see Kigetsu matches? No, they're retired. Natsu, oh no, she's in Noah apparently. Can I see <laughs> more Hunter matches? Oh, like, well, yeah. unfortunately, just, you know, really the only people uh, sticking who have stuck around are Tam and Momo. Can, well, surprisingly, given that they're both the final two, and, and wow. Hazuki, and Azumi, who's of yes, course, yes, now sorry, and Azumi. Azumi, yeah, um, which is why I kind of like to play with it play
2: and that's why I always tell people to also with Starve to watch through people's careers because, mm. well, it's especially, I think Momo is always a great example because she's still so young now. But this was when she was entering the you know the mega run and yeah. where she was going and 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 Tam's so fun to see too because it's like how different she is now. It almost mm-hmm. makes me laugh in a lot of ways. But this is like one of her first great performances also. Um, I, I think it's her first great one at least yeah. in
0: Stardom because like yeah she, she barely is. wrestled before she got injured and then took time off and then yeah. came back for this match and yeah, yeah her it work outside like, of Stardom was. With- yeah, the, the deathmatch stuff is kind of fun. I was gonna say it's nice. this the exploding, you know,
2: the the big explosion with the bat. That's yeah. I always love to go back and watch um the Orisa match, and then you know, pretty much everything she's done since really taking over the angels, especially. Um mm-hmm. so pretty much everything is meaningful for her now. Um
0: and if it's not, she makes it meaningful.
2: <laughs> that she does, that she does, but also I think. You, you hit it on the head with the drama is that they never lost that feeling of drama throughout the match. Mm-hmm. Like from the get go, you felt it, you felt the importance, which is hard to do. I think that's why this match works over for me, the captain's falls matches that they lean on more. So yeah. now um, and I, I hope someday they, they, they do go back to this. I, I understand. You don't always want to, especially because, these matches do take up time, but mm. if you're going to main event a show with it, that's okay, right? Yeah. And they don't do that anymore. But if if remember when, for example, easily when Queen's Quest and Uedo Tai had the Captain's mm. Fall match, of mm. course, Momo would go on to turn. Um, that would have been a perfect spot for it. And now with sure. the story that where Momo ultimately turned, it's a little different, but it would have been it would have worked it would have worked very well worked yeah. perfectly but let's get into this match this isn't mm-hmm. about uh, that now but it's about then and it starts off with Azami and Chris Wolf don't and blink and within eight seconds Chris Wolf is eliminated Azami you know does what Azami does <laughs> mm-hmm. gets mm-hmm. the big shock pin and it's like one of those like oh we're in this we're in yeah. this and that's where the drama just it's all
0: it's all in from there It's Um, fascinating because this whole match, like, I want to tie the heels. And, look, they're the the fun, you know, vagabond heels. They're not the the, the decidedly evil heels that they are now. But, like, they are the underdogs throughout this entire series. You know, they lose someone straight off the bat. Their second person is Natsu Samir, who isn't exactly a world beater. Um, They're kind of hanging on from the beginning. And, you know, even though they're doing everything they can to essentially cheat and be heels, You can't help but feel kind of like you, you want to root for them over Queen's Quest because they're the ones coming in with the heavy hitters. They've got Io Shirai, they've got Viper. Azumi, who, okay, wasn't a world beater at, that, at this stage, is dangerous. Momo Watanabe, who was right on the cusp of about to go on her world-beating run, and you knew it at this stage when you were watching Stardom around this time. You knew Momo was about to launch off, and even Hazuki, is someone who you know was sort of just waiting for the opportunity to step up another level they had a strong squad compared to a way yeah i think and
2: that and that's the funny thing you bring up hazuki who was waiting for that opportunity and of course should go on to get it in a way tie and i think mm. that's when for a lot of people maybe a way tie reached peak at, i know for with hana of course but during that time where Kagetsu and Hazuki were really, you know, pushing that group forward, that's of course, I think, what it was most popular. arguably the best
0: in ring period. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah. the golden era of this period was the most fun the group was. But yeah, when you had like the combo, of, yeah, when you've got the combo of Kagetsu and Hazuki just wrecking everything, like yeah. a lot of special stuff there. Yeah.
2: We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, not <laughs> Natsu Samire. uh, Natsu Natsu was able to defeat Azumi in a good five minute stretch. Where you know, the funny thing with Natsu, right? And it's funny that she has become relevant again after taking mm. so much time off. Is that people do play to her comedic side a lot, and she plays yeah. to it obviously all the time. But she's a very solid wrestler that that's yeah. never been in doubt, and I think. This five minutes with Asmi really spoke to that because they kind of, they kind of really started the match in a lot of ways. Mm, they mm. started the feeling. Yes, Asmi pins Chris Wolf in eight seconds, but after that, it's like, okay, now where are we going? And Uedo Tai, of course, down one has to kind of wrestle, not desperate, but all right, we need to, we need to, you know, get ahead of this, and you know, Natsu's able to get that uh, elimination that they very much and, needed. And-
0: Azumi and Natsu had just a wonderful rivalry through this sort of period. Like, if you didn't watch Stardom back then, you are missing out because yeah, Natsu was a fantastic comedy wrestler. This is peak Azumi kind of calling everyone grandmas and (laughs) leaning into she's young everyone else's old gimmick. And Natsu was the perfect foil for that. Uh this their exchange in this match isn't subtitled, unfortunately. But you do get some of their matches on Stardom World where like they've just gone like we have to subtitle this. This is too this is too good not to. Um which I, I do wish we got a bit more, but I'm thankful when we get it. Um these two, yeah, they know each other so well and they just play to each other's strengths. So as I said, um with
2: as me being eliminated was the roar of the crowd as mm-hmm. the realization that it was now time for Io Shirai to step up. And I think, I think that really does play to the popularity and excitement that just surrounded Io Shirai at that time. Of course, yeah. Wonder champion at the time. Um, was the top who, champion. Cause Tony was never really there. Exactly. That's why she had the reign that she did. Hmm. Um, and that's why this was the main event of the anniversary yeah. show in a lot of ways, uh, and you just feel like the intensity start up, but then Natsu goes <laughs> to the comedic <laughs> side of things, and she's like, "Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't think I want to wrestle you, how, yeah. many, how many do? How many do you have three? Uh, that's not great. And they did subtitle this part, which I was very yes. thankful yes. for. Yes. How many? How many do we have three? All right, that's enough. She lays down. <laughs> and she's like, "All right, pin me." get over this, I don't want to fight Io Shirai, and then does the, of course, mm. tries to cradle her for a quick pin, and great near-fall. Like, this is yeah. a legitimately great near-fall. Because on these, you know, you can have, like, the two, and it's like, whatever, but EO count kicks out, perfect timing,
0: perfect reaction of, like, oh my god. Um, which... Natsu plays... would have had her if it wasn't for the fact she had to wrestle a match straight before. I, right. I, I believe that in my heart. And
2: this plays to the Io Shirai conversation that we were having earlier, where her ego mm. perfectly played into this moment that she was like, oh, sure, you actually don't want to wrestle me. Of course you don't. Uh, and, you know, they'd have a great four minutes or so of back and forth, which I was really impressed by on rewatch mm. because you remember the big time match that Eo and Kagetsu have in the middle of this because it really, yeah. it not only carries it, but it's like if you were to take that aspect out of this match that would be its own like top tier match itself mm. but bef- without that you have Natsu of course working down eo and just trying. that's really what she- natsu was in there for is just trying yeah. to tire listen i'm not going to beat her but i'll tire her down i'll i'll do my best i'll do mm. my best mm. and and she did of damage course. of course she ultimately had to tap out but very exciting couple of minutes there mm. um playing to the fact that eo's eo as well as Natsu
0: being Natsu. Yeah, Ma- massive mismatch, and they played that off wonderfully. Natsu did her best. Like, when she hit the Bronco Buster, she threw herself into there. She didn't get to do the little you know, combo at the end because she just launched herself at EO. Uh, it was, yeah, you knew what was coming here, but the beauty of these kind of matches, and you do get them in the elimination tags where there's over-the-top rope, like, when Natsu rolled her up, you could have almost bought in, maybe they're going for the joke elimination, get Eo out, sort of change the momentum. So you can bite a little bit more on some of these falls, as opposed to if Eo and Natsu just wrestled one-on-one, you know what's going on. there's yeah. a little bit more up in the air. Exactly.
2: Now Kiketsu's up. Kiketsu and Io Shirai, as I was talking about. This was This was that world-class wrestling that start mm-hmm. and deliver it. and i think this is this is why this is part of the reason i love this match so much is that you know EO couldn't play to the <laughs> formulaic style against one of the top dogs right like and 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 as i also said earlier kagetsu and three of them all worked so well together and this mm. was one of the clear cases of that um where you just see them mesh perfectly you see you see on display what is the top of star i'm sure they're not the world of star champion but who's the top of star it's mm. these two in a lot of ways and i think with how good Kagetsu is at this time right this is like this is the top of the game Kagetsu yeah. like this is the best of the best you just kind of see that take over this match. It, it's not it's not the Io Shirai game anymore. You no. you said this earlier. This is Kagetsu's match. And, yeah. and this this was the stipulation that Kagetsu made, after all. So it's only right that that is the main middle of this match. Yes, we're going to mm-hmm. get to Momo and Tam later, and that's going to be you know, a crazy, dramatic ending closing minutes. But Kagetsu's got to get us there. And with this match, the Yoshirai or this aspect, the excitement of Kigetsu hitting the mist, then eliminating Io Shirai with the choke slam onto mm. the crowd of people. That is <laughs> perfect because you don't get to see Yoshirai get one up to lot back then. Mm. Doesn't mm. happen. Kigetsu not only one up to Yoshirai, it was almost a dominant way of doing so with that choke slam out to the floor.
0: As dominating as over the top rope elimination can be in these kind of matches, because they are often a. This is why I
2: like it in these.
0: Yeah, it, it can be a cheap way to get rid of a top star. Um, but this wasn't a, oh, you've slipped and you've fallen out kind of thing. This was Kagetsu just setting her up. And, you know, the mist ties into Awedo Tai kind of using the underhanded tactics, but the choke slam was definitive. And, yeah, the slam, slamming her onto the crowd, a lot of who were Queen's Quest members as well, is mm-hmm. a nice little show of dominance to kind of announce that, you know, Awedo Tai maybe are in control here up until you hear who's next.
2: Yeah, so who's next, of course ultimately is Viper and Viper mm-hmm. at this time was she was presented perfectly as like this dominant force on this team. Um not I wouldn't say a monster because that's not really how stardom projects no people but she is a powerhouse. She's a dominant force and she's gonna be tough to get out, especially now that Kagetsu's coming off a eight minute, you know exhibition with io shirai you know, go, yeah, going 100 done miles the hour match. right yeah and that allows and i think this was you know great showing by viper for the next 10 minutes and, and it plays of course like you said to the game of how Kagetsu had to survive to help away to tie just get to that point because yeah. you get set back with that chris wolf elimination but it's evened out because of the Herculean effort, the superhero effort, these, mm. you know, of Kagetsu with this 10 minute draw. This is as good as what we just saw in a lot of ways because of the differences, the struggle that Kagetsu had wrestling against Viper. I loved every second of it because there's that moment where, oh, there's desperation now. Mm. Viper's going to eliminate Kagetsu and a way to tie has to play way to tie games and get you know pull kigetsu out of the out of the pin after was it a power bomb um, yeah it was a power yeah, bomb uh, no. kigetsu
0: jumped off the top rope yes into a power yes bomb.
2: which was a great power bomb by the yeah. way again playing and i didn't say it earlier but there's a reason kigetsu had to retire due to neck problems uh mm. which multiple times in this match i was like uh all right i get it i get it <laughs> um but that 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 the drama of course of Oedo Tai's desperation because they're starting mm. to feel, uh oh, if this if this happens, we're we're doomed. And that plays to what will ultimately be a draw, ten minutes. that that's the part of this match that I think plays so well is each segment's ten minutes. Yeah. And and Kigetsu getting to that
0: mm. was Yeah, this perfect. this is all about survival for Kagetsu, because yeah, you know, after wrestling Io Shirai for that kind of time, like you know, that she was dumb, and then to have to deal with Viper, completely different wrestler who could just use the size and strength game to yep. just take any energy Kagetsu had left. And the one thing I. I do like this segment. The one thing I think hurts it is the Oedo tie tactics are good some of the time. Like when mm-hmm. Gixi gets knocked out of the ring and they have to catch yes, her and put great. her back up and that happens. So I love that. They're saving her from the pinfall. I like that. But when they kept running into the ring and like trying to do double team Viper, the one thing I didn't like about that is you've just got Queen's Quest standing on the outside looking like <laughs> nopties. Yeah, you know, like get in the ring. and you know, That's a classic
2: her. to this day, to be fair. Yeah, but which like I very think in funny. this
0: situation was particularly frustrating yeah. because of the setup. And like, I, I get why they did it. That was the one thing I, I wish they'd done a little bit better. Um, but it's, in terms of storytelling, it's done fantastically. And yeah, Getsu endures 10 minutes, yeah. knocks out yeah. not only Shirai but Viper, their two biggest weapons. Viper looked like um, she was about to
2: get the win as the mm. time expired, which you know, just for that. Um, and then we're left to Hazuki and Hanakamura, who have just this wonderful chemistry of beating the crap out of each other yeah. in every it, it was from the, their early days to the very end, they were so great at this, mm. and so you know, you had that again amazing effort from Kigetsu. How can you follow that up? You just have these two, you know, young up and comers go out there and try it almost didn't even matter like the match didn't even matter to them in a lot of ways because that's yeah. what it felt like it just felt like these two were rivals who wanted to destroy one another and the end of this is terrifying um, for many reasons mm. um, of course which was a sunset flip power bomb to the outside off the turnbuckle, Huzuki hitting it to Hanakamura, Hanakamura crashing down to the floor um there was definitely scare there uh she you know, got was, rocked yeah she she was she was down she you know huffing and puffing like it, it she was there for a little bit because it's it it quite scary when they set tunnel. up
0: for the the next segment of this match and like they're ready to go and you just hear her sort of wheezing on the outside yeah. quite frantically and even the camera kind of I'm surprised they did actually camera comes out and pans to her and right. you actually see jungle there trying to comfort her because yeah like you could tell instantly something wasn't quite right. Yeah, um, but you weren't sure if it was just kind of shocked from the the impact of it. Sure, but, uh, thankfully she was up and about for the final stanza after that. But it was it was scary. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm glad like I can rewatch this <laughs> knowing that she was okay after it yeah. ultimately. Um, but when I first watched it, it was very, not confronting necessarily, but it is it is a scary moment for sure. It was it
2: was one of the. <laughs> I know a lot of people make have complaints about like when so many wrestlers are there to like take the falls that they do. This was one Mm. of those that I was like, this is why Yeah, (laughs) this is why, because you don't want them. And, and I think some people don't notice like that. The fours aren't completely matted. Like you see in, professional wrestling here in the states especially right nothing no that mat then it was not yeah, a mat it was nothing. just there for decoration that's what that was <laughs> yeah. um yeah, i don't and, know
0: why they bothered sometimes to pull it away to yeah. enhance the impact of a move on the outside Like you're not feeling that and i think this
2: match also captured kind of how great they both were at mm-hmm. such young ages and where they'd go on to be in their respective ways i mean You know, we 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 are still talking about how when Hazuki brings that, you know, rage out of her, she's it's almost like no one's better at times. And as we know with what Hanakamura would go on to do, uh she was so great at that. She brought out the best of everyone and that's what they did here with each other.
0: Tied into each other's strengths. Like when Hana could go at someone and not have to worry too much about technique but just go into raw brutality, that always favoured her, especially in the Oedo Tai era for her. Same with Hazuki, Like this period in Oedo Tai, Hazuki. she was a very talented wrestler but she was at her best when it was almost like forgetting the, the intricacies and just saying, I want to hit you as hard as I can. These two, you feel like they were backstage going, yeah, let's give each other hell. Because the Viper Kigetsu period was a slower stanza for this match. It was sort of that, not, it wasn't a dip in terms of quality, but just dip in terms of pace. And then these two come in and just switch it up to another gear, which is what makes this whole match so great. Because each period, it feels Mm. different. It does different things. Yeah,
2: it it was the perfect way to get to the final chapter. Because Mm. you want, I think, having those two be fresh to go yeah. right like doing the double draw but two different ways of doing the draw to have okay now here's the drama one of these two are leaving their group at the yeah. end and watching this i just i i have such an appreciation for where momo was already in her career back then at the time of this match she was 17 yeah. um hadn't graduated high school that's we nope. hear in the post match yeah and and with momo it's like and I I say this all the time on other shows. It's like you don't realize how young she is because mm-hmm. of all that she's accomplished. Yeah. And obviously, there were still some places she had to grow. I think now we you know you and me agree that she's the best she's ever been because she has that character aspect to mm-hmm. her now mm-hmm. and that ego that yeah. you know I think you Shirai had in some ways the in the heelish ego which. <laughs> Funny enough, she had to end up on Oedo Tai to get that. Um, <laughs> she
0: showed patches of it in Queen's Quest, especially in the yeah. middle of her white belt run. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that's why people remember that run so fondly for her yeah. character side because it was when we got to see the best yeah. of Momo pre Oedo Tai character wise.
2: Exactly, and and I think after that's when it obviously fell off. She was just the hmm. leader, and you you know you watch her Tommy climb up and eventually Saya, uh, but. But in, in this, you just realize like how special in ring wise she is as a pro wrestler. And I said I said this on Twitter today. It's like Io Shirai at 18 years old is better than most wrestlers are ever.
0: Like, Momo, ever. you mean? Momo Momo. Sorry. Yeah. What did I say?
2: Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't remember that off the top. Of my head, but probably <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably not far off there. But Momo, you know, at 18 years old was better than like hmm. yeah, so many. And you just kind of felt that in this, and how we talked about you know, Tam wasn't Tam back then, Tam mm-hmm. was still very fresh, very new, very much trying to find her way in all this.
0: And first course, match back from injury, too. Yes. So, and she hadn't had a chance to build into it really in ring.
2: The one thing that Tam did have though was always that emotional side that's that's mm-hmm. the reason she lays into it now, even though she is a much more crafted wrestler and it makes these final minutes the perfect amount of drama, um, with, you know, just, and, and to add, to remind people, of course, this was a way to tie. This was kagetsu's idea, yep. not Queens quest. So it's just like, Oh, are they gonna, are they gonna get one up here. And of course they did in the end, as you, as everyone knows where, you know, mom will go on to lead Queens quests. Mm. Not too long after with the Yoshirai, uh, eventually leaving uh, in 2018. Um, uh, but trying to stuff, and like you said, probably the first great moment of Tam Nakano's career,
0: yeah, especially in ring. Like her and Owen tie was a lot of fun, you got a lot of great little backstage yeah. things. But in terms of the in ring, yeah, you can see the elements are there for what Tam would become. Still a long way from perfecting it because it did take her a few years to really get comfortable in the ring. Um, so it is fun going back and watching this iteration of her, just really just trying to hang with Momo Watanabe. You can see the kicks aren't quite as strong or as crisp, but she's throwing everything she can, and that it works for the story that they're telling. Because if she was, you know, peak Tam Nakano here, you wouldn't have the same drama. She's someone who's barely wrestled, coming back from injury in a situation she really didn't want to be in. You know, and having to just fight and claw just to hope to survive against someone who is leagues above her at this point in the ring. And that's, again, where the Oedo tie, even though they were heels, you're sympathetic towards them, you're cheering for them, even when you know the result, because they play that kind of underdog role so well. They're just devious rogues in doing it.
2: Oedotai's heels, always, this Oedotai's heels, is always so funny to me, because oh, yeah. like, they're only heels because they cheat or they cheat to get ahead. Yeah. Any other reason they are not heels you want to cheer them because mm. like you said they're underdogs. They're they're just trying to succeed and unless you know Kagetsu doesn't need to. But you know everyone else like that's that's the that's the beauty of this group is it's it's no one's perfect right in that there's a reason Kagetsu's leading it cuz you know, you're leading and, and I think that's the beauty of where Hanakamura would go with Tokyo Cyber Squad. It's kind of the same thing, right? Is that you're leading a new group like that of not not Tokyo Cyber Squad's more of like a misfit type thing because everyone's a little uh, uh, yeah. almost tr- drastically different. Um Widow <laughs> tie has a little more, you know, semblance to it, but it's perfect in that you you connect with them um and you know with tam nakano losing here uh momo hitting the meteor off the top to get the win which was you mm. know picture perfect and still one of my favorite things she does you know even though she doesn't lean on it as much as she did back then uh for those who are wondering she leaned down and as much as i think sasha banks once upon i did uh <laughs> at times but it's a, it's a good impactful move um and you get the emotional side of it. And, you know, Momo is in two ways. You're getting Tam now going to eventually go on to the level where she grows into where she eventually becomes, mm-hmm. uh, where she eventually is now. And then you have Momo who's rising up the ranks and getting prepared to, you know, be next Wonder of Storm champion. So it's, it's yeah. a perfect story
0: from start to finish in this match. And look, obviously, like, it, it is kind of obvious, but you do really should stick around for the post-match stuff. Yes. Because even if you're not following through chronologically, so, like, what happens next might not be as high on the list of interest. There's so much character work here because you've got Io Shirai, you know, commiserating with Tam, Kigetsu apologising because it was... To get to his idea and let the team down, uh, EO offering a spot to Queen's Quest, going to Tam, Momo interferes because you're like, "Hey, I got something to say here. I want to challenge you for your belt." And in doing so, perhaps costs Queen's Quest getting Tam because yeah. Mo is nowhere to be seen until after the second request. Yeah. So if Momo hadn't got in the way, Tam might not have had a choice. It's wor- but then you have got <laughs> Mo coming in, uh, proclaiming there's only three factions to which Jungle's like, "Oi!" <laughs> um, there is there is also team jungle and then my um, saying if you're lonely we'll bring peace armor and then looking around hang on where is the the little uh, plush panda that tam had around this time of course chris wolf walked off with it um but yeah it just it, it, it showcases everyone perfectly it's just it's emotional but it's also funny and just yeah encapsulate <laughs>
2: It's worth knowing Maya Tani didn't give Tam a chance to make a decision. She just took her. No.
0: Yeah. yeah, Literally kidnapped (laughs) Tam at the end. Because Tam's like, I don't know which way I want to go yet. I'm still recovering from the heartbreak of being kicked out of a faction I didn't want to leave. And then when both are offering, you know, come with us, mine's just like, eh, too long you're with us, and steals (laughs) her. Which, again, ties it, not that we're talking about this now, it ties in beautifully to Tam's story to the next part with stars. You know, she got dragged in by someone who was doting over her and then over the the years Mayo finds new toys to play with which leads to tam kind of feeling left out and wanting to go and form her own faction
2: i never had any career of tam always connected mm. um <laughs> but that's that's that was like f- nearly 40 minutes talking about the gauntlet so we can All right, guys why, but everyone <laughs> just, should. there's so much there Everyone should go out of their way to check it out. Honestly, I mean, if you got to this point, you've already heard what we've had to say, but I hope that you watched it before listening. I think, um, yeah, first view, first view, I hope like you heard some of the beginning. And you're like, oh, I need you know, I need to check this out, then I'll listen mm-hmm. to the rest. If that's what you did. Uh, but we'll move ahead here. Another world of stardom title match. Uh, one of what I think is not only the best matches of hazuki's career but even kigetsu's who you know kagetsu has a very long list of course that mm. we've hinted at. we will be going to down the line but it was kagetsu the world of star champion defending against you know protege number two in a way to tie hazuki mm-hmm. um this was at ediano Arena, number two yeah so uh, a little different change up here this was you know as we talked about uh, one of the many, or I don't know, I forget if this was the year that they did two anniversary shows or not, but this was not Osaka. So. Um, this was in Osaka, and this was, I think, as violent as you'd hope for when you kind of see these two names and you think of what Hazuki was, especially in 2019. Mm. I mean, that 2019 year for Hazuki, despite not getting a top title, is unreal like this match you know really kicked off her year and i i sing the praises of that match with arisa later in the year to no end um but you know this is where she found her game she found who she was full form and i think it's because of this match that you know you saw that confidence come out mm-hmm. and you do now you do now yeah. when you know when she's wrestling now now when she's wrestling you just see her as like one of the top stars obviously because that's who she is and she doesn't need to be a, that's the one thing with Suzuki she doesn't need to be a leader now because hmm. she's in control for herself she doesn't and she, that's the fun part about Hazuki is she always feels like she's just kind of a rogue in stars nowadays it's like yeah i mean i tag with kogama sure and I'll do all these things, but I'm I'm still Huzuki. Like you, you think yeah. of Huzuki, you think of the Oito tie. And I think that's the beauty of what she's turned her character into nowadays. Uh, but this match, you know, without this match, she's not where she is now in terms of being a pro wrestler. And I think that's a lot of a lot of the respect needs to go to Hazuki and where they went here. It was like, all right, show me you're on this level. Mm. That that's mm. what this match was. It was a test for Hazuki, and she absolutely did.
0: And that's Kigetsu's entire reign and really the Mm. the last sort of year and a half, two years of Kigetsu's time in Stardom. Top champion and basically waiting for someone to prove that they're ready to take on the mantle as Stardom's top performer. Whenever Kigetsu wrestled a championship match, it was a case of bring everything you have, try and beat me. When you fail, you need to go back and get better, get good. And Hazuki throws everything that she can at Kagetsu. Gets close. Ultimately, Kagetsu wins because of the experience, the veteran savvy. Pulls a couple of you know, roguish tricks that Hazuki probably should have been prepared for, given that you know Hazuki knows Kagetsu better than anyone at this point. Uh, but it just speaks to the character that Kagetsu is playing around this time, and someone like Hazuki could really step up and match what Kagetsu wanted from her championship reign.
2: Yeah, and with with this match, I think why I love this one so much is that he kind of felt the respect Kagetsu had for Hazuki from start mm-hmm. to finish, especially with how the match closed with the um, was it Oedo Coaster, Death Valley Driver, and you know Kagetsu choking out Hazuki. I think that was like the perfect like. You know, you did a lot today. You showed mm. me, but I am going to ultimately end this match in the most devastating way possible. Um, and I think that was just like, for me, it, it it adds like the perfect exclamation point to a match where Kagetsu is throwing Hazuki around the arena in a lot of ways, mm. literally into a million chairs. That's what I was talking about earlier when this went outside the ring as you would in world title matches, but it was different. It was different in a lot of ways with how Kigetsu attacked it.
0: No audience member was safe. I think everyone in the arena had to get out of their chairs at least once because they went through all four corners of the outside area. And it wasn't just, I'll throw you into a couple of rows. It was, I'm going to throw you like a bowling ball and see if I can get you to the very end of the, the rows. It was fantastic. And it played into their strengths as well because this was a just a beat-down, brutal fight. Yeah. You, know, mm. you could tell like the friendship was there because they held nothing back. They weren't afraid to be a bit stiff, maybe leave a few bruises. It's, it's that freedom, it's that mm. uh the stars thing
2: that I talk about. That's what these two had. Like we are going to go that extra mile against one another because we're that comfortable with one another.
0: Yeah. And look, it doesn't have the grandeur of a Currican hall, but if you put this match in Currican Hall, I think people would like, uh, people still consider this a really good match but I think if you put it in Kirk and Hall it'd be right and a lot higher than it actually is
2: yeah I think I think with hazuki the the beauty of what hazuki does and, and and you know correct me if you don't feel the same is that her style translates to the smallest of arenas to the biggest and mm-hmm. that's why I think she's one of the best house show workers nowadays is because she doesn't well yes they will take days off in terms of not going to that 100 and you know 101% her her top percent still better than, or her house show percent is still yeah. better than the majority and this is actually in terms of singles matches this is hazuki's number 2 highest rated singles mm. match um which number 1 is the one that i love so much which we will be talking about in a number of episodes wake they Nudge judge uh we'll get <laughs> to that um it is interesting that her highest since coming back is the match with julia from the five star which i think is tremendous as well um, that's a worthy number
0: you know that's worthy best match since coming back i think
2: yeah, uh, and well, if we want to count the, I'm not going to count this one, but the Hanukkah Mora Memorial uh, tag yeah. is also up there. But uh, that is that is the highest, um, and I love I love her uh, title challenge against Tommy as well. But I mm, think that mm. one with Julia is definitely deserving of being that top
0: spot. Um, I think it leans into her style more. You yeah, because Julia Julia loves someone like Kazuki where you can throw everything uh, caution to the wind. So they, they work well with each other, and it is a feud I'm looking forward to seeing revisited many, many times. Also, with this match, I think one of my takeaways, and I've watched
2: many Kagetsu matches since, you know, getting into start. The kicks that Kigetsu has yeah, are among the elite. But you, when you see kagetsu and you think of the career, you don't think the style is you know like a Momo right Momo's Mm. kicks and Takumi Roja's kicks you don't think of that with Kigetsu but I put these kicks up against anyone like these are they're loud they're impactful but they're just part of the the great the great uh, repertoire that she has
0: I mean, in many ways, you could argue Kagetsu is one of the greatest all round wrestlers yes. because Kagetsu can do your, your brawling side effect. Yeah, has the high impact moves like the Death Valley Driver, can do 450 splashes, which I think when you look at someone like Kagetsu and the, the body shape, you're not expecting that kind of uh, high flying aerial athleticism, but nails it every time. And then, yeah, you've got the striking side of things like. And, and the submissions as well finishes with the submission a brutal yeah. looking submission really like whatever you want whatever you need from a kagetsu can deliver and does deliver
2: yep yep and i think this match um you see a lot of kagetsu in hazuki now mm. in terms of just like that leadership mentality it's kind of why I, I love seeing hazuki in matches that don't involve Mayu, and this is gonna th- let me explain is that <laughs> she gets to take on that Kagetsu role with mm. the other stars members, right? The, that you saw with the way to tie back then, because Mayu's obviously the leader, that's unquestioned, but Hazuki's you know there to train to teach, and that's why you know they played off to that, lead because to Mayu's is- yeah, yeah, well, Mayu's busy, you know? <laughs> Mayu's busy. Um... You know, I, I wish we did do more faction stuff like that too. Yeah, like that is
0: the fun of all this. But let's move on to our final match here. Just one final Ooh, thing, ahead. like obviously, like one of the reasons why I think we both wanted to feature this is because when people want to go back and watch the old stardom, so yeah. often it's just like, go and watch the Holes. Halls. Yeah, you know, that's where all the big stuff <laughs> happens. But you do have to be careful because if you only watch the Kurukan Halls, you miss a match like this. Mm. So, obviously, Currican's the best place to go, but keep your eye out on stuff like Cage Match or whatever. Fully odd match like this one that kind of pops out. And, yeah, you've, you've got to go and watch these ones.
2: Speaking of just not doing all Corkins, the final mm. match that we are featuring here today is from January 26, 2020, uh, as Kagetsu's final match in Stardom uh, against... Momo Tatana and Jungle Kiona teaming with Mayu Iwatani. This is, I, and I, and for me, it's like this is like I, I've seen people toss this around. This is like that type of comfort match, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Like it's one that you can go and watch at any time, and it ne- one it never gets old. No. Two, I feel like you almost notice something different every time. Right, it's like what it's like for people to have like comfort movies or whatever, and you rewatch them, rewatch them, rewatch mm-hmm. them. This is that type of match because not only did it feel good type match, and you have you know just this wonderful ceremony at the end where everyone you know celebrates and so on and so forth, um, but you have the beginning where Mayu and Kagetsu are matching and they have the and like that brings the biggest smile to my face also some of my favorite mayu yutani gear ever no it was one it was a one-timer gear unfortunately so we'll never get it again uh but uh you know she's matching kigetsu with the baggy pants and uh that's the funny thing they play off it was like should i you know this is one time but do i look good yeah i think i look good and uh but the match is so—it's not as comedic as you, you know, you think it is based off of how the pre and post mm. Nakagetsu's career is. And that's the beauty of it. It's like when it gets down to the action, it's just a fantastic tag team match between four of the best. Yes, see, I gave Jungle Kiana her credit, and this honestly, and I, you know, when this match ended, I was like, this might be Jungle's biggest win. Like truthfully, like in terms mm. of meaning. Like, because I think this means as much to her probably as any world title or wonder because
0: she pinned Kagetsu and Kagetsu's you know, last star match. So that's meaningful. Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And, like, the fact that she got picked for that spot, not only to be in the match, but to get the victory, you know, yeah. because it could have very easily given it to Momo Watanabe, you could have given it to, you know, even Hana could have got in that last match kind of mm-hmm. opportunity. And exactly. it would have made sense. It would have worked. But, you know, could get to pick both of them for a reason. Um, and you could tell how much meant to them and how much fun they were having out there. Yes, it's not a comedic match, but there's just enough comedy, be yes. it intentional or unintentional, that just makes this so magical. It's not pure comedy. You get good, great wrestling as well, but it's just all mixed together, which makes it such a good comfort watch. 'Cause it's not as serious, it's not as intense, it's not as dramatic as the previous three matches we've talked about. Um, it is a bit more lighthearted, but it's not at the sacrifice of the quality of the in-ring product.
2: Yeah, I think I think with the four matches we pick, you get a little bit of everything, uh, in terms of like mm-hmm. the ultimate seriousness of like that gauntlet and where that goes, uh, but which also involves some comedy itself. Two world mm-hmm. title matches and then this that brings it all together um, of kind of that emotional and the family side of what Stardom has, you know, you don't get to see it as much nowadays, but you can feel it with this start with stardom rosters is that when they get to spend a lot of time together, they are families and Mm -hmm. you see that in their promos and the way they talk about each other. Right. It's like, I think people, you know, they thought there was a shift when say DDM joined and I, I think that the funny part is about DDM is like they're the one that makes it seem like a family more than anyone else nowadays. Um, oh, yeah. You the can start see of it in roster, all of-
0: not just DDM. Yeah. You can see it in all of the outside the ring content. Yeah. You know, like even at the award show that just happened recently when Tam yeah. went up and received her awards, Julie is the one sort of bawling her eyes out because of how much the family aspect yeah. is. Yes, they're rivals in the ring, but that's what makes them so close outside of the ring
2: yeah and and this match I love seeing jungle and Momo together because mm-hmm. you know they they weren't together at their prime, but they were so good in this one like opportunity to see them and I yeah. was thinking about this when you know we talk about how hard of a year 2020 was for them and you know Kagetsi retiring. You know, Reese retiring, Hannah's passing. And I think we, you know, a lot of us focus on those three because they were all bang, 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 bang. But losing Jungle Kyono is mm, gigantic in its own respect. And, of course, hers was different because it was an injury. It wasn't a retirement. You know, it was very different. So I think that's why she doesn't get lumped in. But ultimately, she never came back. And she was gone from stardom. And, you know, she only just really came back recently. And Mm. even then, it's like, you know, she's on her final she's on
0: her last chapter really i thought you're gonna say last legs and i was gonna say dude phrasing no i was not gonna say that
2: <laughs> um even though she did get a big win which was very nice at the yeah game. arguably her
0: biggest win happened just a few nights ago yeah
2: biggest win in terms of like the stage but i do mm. think like in terms of the appreciation that she may have this was oh, yeah. it and i think the way her and kigetsu close the match was excellent like mm. it, it it brought it all together because it's like oh in the end this is still a match this is still yeah. this is still a meaningful match a moment and you know hitting again he gets his neck <laughs> like there was so many times where this was like we're, just, we're almost there like really yeah. we're almost there this is the reason retirement's happening um and you know jungle made sure to uh end it with <laughs> you're not coming
0: back Ganzo no. bomb power bomb jungle buster yeah. like and, that and those
2: power bombs were they they were so great and you know mayu had a great save at one point to keep the match going on mm. one of the power bombs and I was like ah oh, you know I like, I think at that point Kigetsu would have been pretty okay if you just <laughs> let the match end <laughs> because I'm I think done. Jungle did jungle did such a great job and I think Kigetsu did uh just as good a job of making all of that feel impactful um mm. it's a shame that you know we didn't get jungle to elevate after that because more so than anything injuries did you know ruin yeah. and, any and shot the of them.
0: Because yeah. like the next week, she was meant to be facing Mayu Itani for the red belt in Nagoya. And look, it's in Nagoya. She was losing the match. Like that's the yeah, rule. yeah. She was, but win. like that was going to be a big moment. And coming in with the refreshment of you know the roster with the uh, like someone like Kagetsu leaving, Jungle was going to not necessarily be winning top championships, but was going to have an important role as that gatekeeper and bringing people to the next level. Which ultimately we never really got to see come to fruition. Yeah, um, but also Jungle and Kigetsu just had fantastic chemistry in this match. They had a red belt match just before the kigetsu Hazuki match. Um, whenever they fought in the Five Star Grand Prix, they were always just perfect. Like obviously, both of these wrestlers are. They have great matches with just about anyone, but their chemistry together isn't necessarily spoken of as much because Jungle isn't the highlight wrestler of a Mayu or any Oshirai. But I'll always support
2: her. I think the interesting thing with Jungle, and of course Jungle will be brought up in many episodes in the future. (laughs) She'll have her own She'll have her own own batch because, you know, as me and Trent have talked about off-air, we know she's closer to retirement than she is to the start of her career, Mm. so I think that's when we'll really, you know, give her the main focus, respectfully. Um, But this was, this was like, for me, the, it was the ultimate point. And this was, you know, this match was supposed to be about junk, uh, not, not about jungle, but about Kietzu. Yeah. but it almost did feel like it was about jungle too, because it was validation in a lot of ways. Like Kigetsu, mm. you know, Kigetsu had jungle pin yeah. her on the, on the final one. And I think that's, that's very nice. And just to think about, um, and you want to watch the full match. You want to watch the pre match. You, you want to mm-hmm. watch every moment from this video because it all makes it better. Um, and I think the post match is absolutely wonderful. You know, you have Kagetsu on the mic talking about, you know, it's my last match. I, I I should be sad, but I am, you know, filled with joy. And I think that really captures where Kagetsu or who Kagetsu was as a. Entertainer overall Mm. is that no matter what, it was always about giving the best show. And on the final match here, it was it was perfect. Yeah,
0: and you could see how much love the roster had for Kagetsu. Like, and I think this was really important because it was around this time there were reports that the reason Kagetsu was leaving was because uh she wasn't like backstage as a trainer and thought worked them too hard and. You, look, not not that we're in a position to know the truth, because we're not, but you look at how this entire retirement month and a half played out and the outpouring <laughs> of love and care yeah. towards Kigetsu. Yeah, there might have been one or two people who didn't like Kigetsu's training style, but they were hard to find amongst the people that was in the ring at the end there.
2: Yeah, this is a big, big, gigantic family. This This, yeah. this wasn't like... I don't. I don't really believe much of the. Oh, this is why Kigetsu is retiring. I think that hmm. neck. That neck was. You know, that neck was done. Kigetsu was
0: retiring years ago. Io Shirai yeah, talked Kigetsu exactly. into sticking around. That is forgotten so much. It is. Yeah, the neck was screwed back then, and then <laughs> taken all the moves that they did. And
2: and I think for a lot of people, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't get the completion of kagetsu's career with the retirement tour and the mm. produce show then you got it in a whole different way of course at matinee which was you know just a obviously that's never something anyone wanted to happen but i'm forever grateful that yuashina you know Kagetsu was willing to come out of retirement after mm. a y- over a year off and show up and not only show up but be every bit of kagetsu that you know yeah. was there a
0: year ago in
2: prime territory
0: oh yeah and didn't look like uh, Kagetsu had missed a moment in the ring like her, her and Suzuki just came in it was like yeah now we've been gone for a year but you wouldn't know it um and then obviously a year later officially you by this point uh, came out for Bargas and you know, yes. wasn't wrestling, but obviously still such an important part of the Hanakamura Memorial experience because yeah. of how close you was to Hanakamura and Kyoko Kamura. Yeah, because you was there with Kyoko when o- Edaita was really coming into its own, and then mm-hmm. took it over and turned it into the beast that it was and is today.
2: And and with with Yuishino. He's involved still, like not involved still. Like he hmm. works his, you know, real life job and blah, blah blah blah. But you know, flowers are backstage oftentimes at these shows for certain yeah. wrestlers from Ueshino, and it's always wonderful. Like I forget how long ago, but there was you know pictures of Suzuki and Ueshino together, hmm. and you know he has moved on to whole new life and you know working a normal life not a probably doing
0: better things and, than
2: he was as a wrestler oh absolutely yeah um but never never out you know never yeah. you know and that's that's the beauty of it and when we get those moments whether it's the littlest thing of a picture with Hazuki or natsu mm. or something like that it's great it's great it's why it's the house
0: that you built in many yes. ways yeah
2: yes and and you know those the flower things those are things we don't always get to see but we know you know with certain wrestlers you know ascent we have seen them and really uh, this wasn't the Yoshino episode this was the anniversary matches but in the (laughs) end it ended up being about Kagetsu Yoshino in a lot Hmm. of ways uh well we close with that retirement match but definitely go check that out please that is essential viewing um because of just really you get a little bit of everything. You get, you know, Mayu and Kyetsu teaming up, which mm. is you know special in itself. We wanted you, that for so long. I exactly because you know, and one of the great lines that I think resonates with us now, right, is Mayu's ready to lead Stardom into another level. That's what mm. Kigetsu says. And it's like we we're sitting here here in 2023, <laughs> we're like, huh. Good could get to have been more right. (laughs) Like Mm, Obviously, it wasn't just Mayu Utani, but who was the world champion when they needed the most? It was Mayu at the time, and now we're here in 2023. They're the number two promotion in Japan, and it's because of what, you know, Kagetsu did what mayu did together in Mm. matches it's because of Io shirai that we talked about it's because of kairi hojo that we talked about it's because so many of the talents we talked about i think that's my favorite part of doing these match shows or it it, from the years is because you kind of see oh this is why we're here this Mm. is why this has gotten to the level
0: and that's awesome it is, and I. It's fun just going back, and I've I've said it before, and on, on this show, like when you're going through different eras of Stardom, just seeing how things change and the focal points and what works and what really gets highlighted right. in a Stardom big match situation, and you get that sort of mixed through over the years, and obviously the different matches, different setups, but. You get to see so much of that stardom growth, even if it's something as simple as Momo Watanabe in the gauntlet match versus Momo Watanabe in the Kigetsu retirement match. Yeah. You, know, you see the same Momo but so much growth, so much progression. You know Become by this point Momo is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. You know, maybe not in terms of position with the company, but you put her in a match, she's gonna <laughs> deliver a banger.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean as by the time this comes out i don't know you know some people may learn listen to this you know months down the road right? yeah because that's what these shows are for but you know mom was about to, sensitive mom was about to wrestle sayaani in a match that's so meaningful in a lot of ways to the history that we're talking about here and it's like you know it's going to deliver because mm. that's that's what momo Watanabe does like yeah at minimum it's going to be very good <laughs> and yeah and with what yeah. saya has done it's like all right this is gonna be great and i think that's you know we talk about jungle a lot talk about uh Kigetsu a lot but i i do like that you brought up MoMo. i think the only thing we didn't check here on this show today in terms of like matches that really emphasize stardom then now and um you know, going forward is that we didn't have a great wonder match to go over, mm, mm. which is a, you know, very different, but good news for everybody is that we'll have <laughs> plenty to talk about soon enough. This, this was my wonderful, uh, you know, uh, transition. I was real, I was really excited about that one. Uh, that was not
0: wonderful.
2: A yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Is that after, you know, we've completed these two anniversary shows, which, is wonderful but the next three episodes this is why i started stardom road or in my head originally um you know and then i you know i presented to trent like hey let's you know go through stardom's history and watch some cool matches and you know he went on of like how it's easy to just make life you know oh i have to go watch great stardom matches sure Little does he know, well he doesn't know now obviously, is that when I, I had think, a fair idea. When I was thinking of this idea the whole reason for me was to go through the career of Arisa Shiki mm-hmm. in a series of shows, episodes and while we are going to be Going through her career many other Times because of certain events and whatnot. this is our chance to Really just focus on Arisa Shiki With a three show series Our first all wrestler series You know we talked about Yuzuki Akawa of course Mm -hmm. to really kick this off But this is something that will Really guide this show We have two uh, Series of um, Wrestlers set up Mm -hmm. And we're starting with Arisa Shiki Here who of course one of my favorites of all time. It, it probably goes Mayu Yutani at one and the 151 matches of Arisa Shiki at two. <laughs> but if there was anyone born to be a professional wrestler and be a great professional wrestler and born with the talent to do so, it was Arisa Shiki. So I am very excited.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're dedicating the next three episodes to her. We want to give like a full rundown of what made Arisa Arisa. So you'll get a, the first stint, you'll get the second stint, and then you're going to get just basically kind of what this episode was, but just dedicated to Arisa Hashiki. The best match is what you need to go to see if you want to get a visual for just how great Arisa was. This this kind of wrestler retrospectives that we're going to be doing, starting with Arisa, I think we can both agree it's probably going to be the backbone of Stardom Road in a lot of ways because there are so many incredible talents and names that have walked through the doors of Stardom that we want to highlight. And especially if you joined sort of during the Road era, you haven't necessarily had a chance to see. And so we hope that if you're coming through, you're not used to these names, that this will inspire you to go back and look and see how great Stardom was. And if you are experienced with Stardom pre-Bushi Road, if you're like us, you've walked the Stardom Road for years now, uh, hopefully this gives you the same excuse that we have to go back and just love what has been produced. And yes, there's only 151 matches from Arisa Hoshiki, but what are 151 matches there are? so much to love from her and as you said a born wrestler a born entertainer not just in progress yeah um we're we're both looking forward to it
2: i like to say and this is why i kind of get sad now when i talk about a is that she is like the most talented person i've ever seen like anything she did she she didn't she didn't just do it she did it at the highest level of Mm. like talent wise maybe you know her singing career didn't get to like all-timer points but she was a great singer uh she was a great wrestler obviously which is where we'll be hitting um but there's just so many in- exciting moments matches that we're going to jump into that i'm so excited about um yeah you know, maybe the show could just end after the three i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> because i think there's so many others we want to explore um and that's why we love the show so hopefully you do tune in for that one uh three uh, beginning with you know a little career overview and then her initial run with the company which i think i don't know i you know the fun thing is i don't think everyone knows about that first run and what she was doing then and, you know we've touched on it already mm. you know we did her debut match and um you know kind of how rossi pegged her and his blog is like the shining star wink wink nudge nudge of the initial rookie crew and like you know, she's still very young then, but she'd go yeah. on to be great. And that's why she walked back in the door one day and she did become great. Uh so I'm very excited to jump into that next time. But this was the anniversary uh matches edition for mm-hmm. stardom as and I'm sure next you know, next time around we'll have some other sort of matches for I don't know, there's there's some big huge mega event coming up in April that we maybe will find something to uh discuss. You know, yeah, kind of around that idea. But uh this is this is what will bring us into it. And there's also a certain Cinderella tournament coming up as well, which yeah. you know that is, you want to talk about staples for stardom. I think for a lot of people now it's the five star, but if you are a longtime stardom fan, it's that Cinderella tournament. That was the true staple. So, looking forward to all that, so please keep listening here uh trent anything to plug
0: before we wrap this up uh yes yeah, so basically by the time this episode comes out either there'll be a new article on Natsupoi over on WrestleIn either on friday or monday haven't determined the specific time yet, but uh, I'm excited to get that one out, sort of covering the departure from DDM and the TAM rivalry, so keep your eyes open for that. We also have an Ocean Cyclone show episode coming out in not this weekend, but next weekend, so if you if you like the sound of our voices, uh, you've got plenty more coming your way. And if you don't, but you like the
2: sound of Ryan's, you should definitely still listen to it, and also thank you for listening
0: to this full episode,
2: too. Um... <laughs> You know, follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter if you don't do that already. Um, in terms of plugs, I have interviews coming out. I don't know the dates yet. Um, I'm not going to say one of them just in case it doesn't happen, but I do have two interviews in the bank, one with TJPW's jury Nagano, which was very exciting to do because of her uniqueness, of course, to the sport of pro wrestling and TJPW itself. Mm. And while the answers are very short, they're very impactful, a special interview with one of my most highly uh, hope for interviewees, Arisa, Sarah. So make sure to keep an eye out on that. Uh, I'll, I'll have previews. You know, Me and Trent will have reviews up in multiple fashions for that yeah. February 4th show. So definitely keep an eye out for those as well uh, because our next time out will be on February 7th. So I want to just make sure we get all those plugs in. Uh, Trent will, <laughs> Trent's review will be on monthly Pure Resu. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, mine will be on five-star uh, joshi show i don't know if i'm gonna write one yet i never know it's just a matter of if somebody Save you get inspired it's sometimes it's if if uh alex doesn't want to do it <laughs> and he's like can you do this i'm like yeah sure uh for that show i think i will be doing it because he's like ah you know it's a great show but he, I think he's going away or something. I was like, oh, mm. sure. "Oh, you want me to review the show with Sai and Momo and Julia Suzuki?" Ah, oh, sure. Don't don't mind if I do. <laughs> uh, but make sure to check out all that. You know, we we cover stardom on a good amount. You know, we, uh, I won't say weekly basis, but you know, enough monthly basis yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. So definitely check out for that as well. Thank you for listening, everybody. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already to the Stardom Road podcast so you never miss an episode because with the bi-weekly schedule, it's easy to forget. I know I do. We forget. As, as <laughs> really, I know I do as someone that records the episodes. So uh please make sure to do that. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with the Arisa Hushiki three-part series. See ya. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Count Out Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend, Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend, Rafe Hewson. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for... The Itchy Bond sweet cast. Sweet cast? Itchy
1: bond.